All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 293. This is going to be the quickest intro I've possibly ever done on this show. Dame Lillard is now a Milwaukee Buck. Who would have thought? And we have 15 questions for the 15 Eastern Conference teams. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 293. I am so stoked we pushed our podcast from Monday to Wednesday because we finally (laughs) got some drama dropping today. The dark horse in the Dame Lillard sweepstakes is no longer the Toronto Raptors, which I liked. The dark horse in the Dame sweepstakes is no longer the BS of the Phoenix Suns trying to pull Damian Lillard out. Out of nowhere, in the 11th hour, the dark horse ends up being the Milwaukee Bucks. Dame Lillard is a buck, and I cannot believe that this happened. So sorry, Miami Heat. Everybody had all their money on Miami, and uh, uh, Portland just played the waiting game, played the waiting game. Miami thought that they were going to get it for pennies on the dollar, and Milwaukee comes in at the last minute and snags up Damian Lillard to change the whole game, Drew Changed the whole game. Now, to bring up the trade really fast, for those of you that live under a rock, Trailblazers received Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I don't even know Tomani Kamara. I don't know him, Drew. You probably do. I'm Uh, actually not familiar with that guy either. I don't know who that is. He was a late second-round pick. They get a 2028 first-round pick swap from Milwaukee, a 2029 first-round pick from Milwaukee, and a 2030 first-round pick swap from Milwaukee. The Bucks receive Damian Lillard and the Suns receive Nurkic, Nazir Little, Keon Johnson, former Clipper, and Grayson Allen. So, I don't know where to start on this. I kind of want to start with just I, I can't believe Milwaukee got him. Giannis uses the media, mainstream media the past kind of month threatens about how he might not want to be a, a, a buck the rest of his life. You know, in the beginning of Giannis's career, Milwaukee was the first place he came in the States. He fell in love with this, you know, the city and the people. And I think once you're in the, in the game for a while, a few years, you travel a little bit, have kids, you know, you're in LA, you're in Miami. It starts getting uh, the, the, the thought of playing somewhere else looks a little better. And the fact that your team's getting older and you need some more help, let's use the media to say, Hey, you know what? I might not resign with Milwaukee. And then the small market Milwaukee Bucks go out and make the biggest splash in the offseason right now. So we're finally stoked that Dame Lillard has a place to go. But let's unpack first what this means for the Trailblazers. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just start by saying like you hit the nail on the head with like the headline here. For me, the way that I took this trade is I just wrote down when it happened, Giannis flexes his muscle. Yes, this is the only reason this gets done like this. I still I was still very much of the belief that Dame wouldn't get traded until well into the middle of the season because, you know, these back and forth with the heat and the Blazers was just not going to go anywhere. And I'm just I'm 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 definitely shocked, just like the rest of the world, that the Bucks just decided to do it. 
but I do think that is definitely the headline. It, the Bucks took what Giannis said into the media in, in the media as gospel and said, "Okay, let's let's show him that we don't want him to go anywhere. He should right. retire a Milwaukee Buck, which is very difficult for someone to do play their whole career in this day and age of the NBA with one franchise." So at least I think they gave themselves a buffer here. And with, you know, his contract coming up, my guess is he should have no complaints um, about them, like not trying different things to to make him happy, to continue to be competitive and continue to be like, you know, a potential championship team every single year. That is the headline. That's the reason that it got done. I think the the first question I have is all the reports that said Damian Lillard is only going to report to two training camps being either Miami or bullshit. Where does Milwaukee fit? Because he's got to be happy with this. So what does this mean for the Blazers is how you wanted to start this off with. And what this means for the Blazers is I think they got pretty good value. Um, They, they did want to go ahead and, and let Damian Lillard leave since he formally requested the trade. Uh, and I think this kind of fell into Portland's lap more than them sort of pursuing this. I My feeling is that the Milwaukee Bucks may have contacted the Suns even first. Uh, but it did feel very much like a Milwaukee first kind of initiation for this because there's no way that I would have predicted that Portland would would like somehow – you know, pick Milwaukee as a place <laughs> of all the places, like another small market for Dame to to be headed to. But for the Blazers, this is a nice, honestly, it's a it's a decent haul that they get. They get sometimes overlooked this this particular fact. DeAndre Aiden, number one overall draft pick, right? They get a guy who's still very young, had some ups and downs with Phoenix and some some really unbelievably high ups uh, during that year that they made it to the finals and lost. Uh, and a, a guy that I think will look at this move favorably. I think DeAndre Ayton will be excited to start a new chapter, no longer being potentially like a cog in the machine or like a small bit player like he was for this Phoenix Suns team, which is so strange for a number one overall pick to be that and then end up being just be like a role player immediately and not be a star. So I think DeAndre Ayton will look at this as – uh, a great move for him and an opportunity for him to like showcase more of his talent. I think Portland probably strong armed Milwaukee for Drew Holiday. I'm pretty sure Milwaukee didn't want to let Drew Holiday go, uh, but it makes all the sense in the world if you're going to bring in Damian Lillard to not have a backcourt of Drew and Dame it, starting, right? That's just too small. We've seen that work from time to time, but that's just like another chapter out of the Damian Lillard history books with CJ and Simons and the rest of the people that they've tried to play alongside of him. So it made the most sense uh, from a Milwaukee standpoint to keep Middleton and then bring Dame in and you can figure out who's going to be the two guard, who's going to be the three from there. We probably talk about it, but you get in Portland, Drew Holiday, uh, captain, leader, winner, right? Those are the three things that Drew Holiday is. And obviously a a tremendous defensive player Uh, and and a winner is what I want to focus on because Everywhere he's gone, pretty much everywhere he's gone, he's helped a team be formidable, be playoff bound. Drew Holiday's uh, not going to be there, Drew. Drew Holiday think- is going. No, he's already going to be. He's already out. They're already shipping him right now. This is why I want to get into. First of all, let's let's talk about the, the tweet Drew Holiday did yesterday, yesterday, September twenty sixth. 
I'm a buck for life, and I mean that like deep in my heart. I don't want to play for any other team. Yesterday, wow. he posted wow. that. Today, he's gone. And you are definitely correct. He's one of the best two-way players in the NBA, leader in the locker room. When I first heard this, I said, damn, what a great dude to have for Scoot Henderson and to have for Anthony Simons, right? But it's not fitting their rebuild timeline. Um, he's going to get shipped. A contender is going to want him. Mm. Portland is not done trading right now. They're in full re uh, uh, rebuild mode. You know, I love the pickup of DeAndre Ayton, like you said. It was time to get out of Phoenix. There's not enough balls to go around, especially right now. DeAndre's just going to get lost in the shuffle. Um, it, Portland's getting off of the Dame deal and off of Nurkic's deal and trying to bring in some new blood there. I like the idea of Scoot, Simon, Sharp, and uh, DeAndre. Now, with Dame out of there and most likely with Drew out of there, this is going to open up minutes for Sharp and for Simons and for Scoot. I don't think there's huge expectations for Portland. But like you said, the, those picks might not be great right now, but we're talking in six years, right? So that's when the first pick swap comes up. Lillard could be retired. Giannis will be 34. Five He's years. already struggling with it's availability. In, 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 in the last four years, He's only played in 63% of the games. This is not a, a knock on Giannis at all. But I like this for Portland a lot. I think Drew Holiday is going to warrant a lot. People are going to want him. I want the Clippers to jump on this. This yeah. is somebody that I, that I think would be a perfect fit for the Clippers. We This is how you get off of Marcus Morris, maybe Bones Highland. I don't know who else. I don't think Bones needs to go to Portland at all. But... Um, I love this, and I, I kind of want to uh, to grade this right now. I want to grade first mm. what we think about Portland in this trade. And for me, I think it's an A because, look, if you look down the road again, man, I don't care who you are, that 63 million player option when you're 36, 37 years old is going to be detrimental to any team. And the fact that, that, that Dame already wanted out of there, we all thought no matter what, oh, I'll, I'll show up. I'll show up to training camp, but I still don't want to be here, right? And then we all think it's going to be Miami, but Miami just sat on their ass too long. And I love the fact that Milwaukee came to the came to the plate and made this happen, and same with Phoenix. So I'm going to give this a solid A for Portland to get a to. It's way better than what they would have got for Miami, in my in my personal opinion. And we'll talk about Miami in a minute. So I'm going to give Portland an A. What do you give Portland? I would have loved to see some some better picks come in through there. And I think if I was Portland, the pivot that I would have tried for is to instead of involve the Suns, you know, potentially they just loved maybe they just love DeAndre Aiden up in Portland. Maybe they just think that this is their guy. 25 have, young kid with a young core. And I can understand his upside is there. I would have gone to somebody like an Orlando and said, what what young-ish kind of star? I mean, you know, Franz Wagner's probably off the board, but Paolo yeah. Bancaro's off the board. But they have a lot of young talent there, so maybe I would have tried for somebody young on, on a team like Orlando that also has good, like pretty valuable first-round draft picks. I think I would have tried to do that before. And maybe they did. You know, we, we don't know the ins and outs. We don't know what the calls were. But I because of that, I just I wish those picks were better, and I just – while I do think that they can get higher level picks for Drew Holiday in, in an instance like you're talking about, and they may be able to trade Jeremy Grant and also receive draft picks, compensations of some sort, that would be nice. Uh, as of right now, to me, this is a B. I understand it's a good move. You get rid of Nurkic's contract. 
you get Dame out of there and, and, you know, no longer your problem anymore. Uh, and you still have some options and, and potentially a nice young core with, with the pieces that they got. I just, I kind of, I kind of wish the picks were higher for, for a caliber caliber player of Dame. It, it feels like they probably could have done a little bit more, but those are also trade pieces as well. Moving sure. forward. Like they, they can be, I get what you're saying. Nobody likes to think six years down the road. It, I get just, it. We, we, we always talk about like, the the option to trade picks and things like that but but not many players want to get traded to portland right not many players sign free agent deals with portland that's why the draft compensation is so important for those types of teams because that's how you get star players on your on your roster when you're in the mix of the portland uh kind of realm where you're not a necessarily contender and you're not a you know an ultimate destination that's why i think i just value that a little bit more for them specifically I still think that Portland's going to be. I mean, you guys all know that I'm I'm high on Scoot. I think Scoot and Shaden uh, Sharp will be yeah. fun to watch. You throw in DeAndre, maybe the new coach, maybe Billups will be able to get through him a little bit, and you know, turn him into a player that Monty couldn't. There's going to be a lot more flexibility. He'll get the rock probably a lot more in Portland. So I, I I'm I'm good with all of it. I just think that there wasn't. I think. Portland did the right thing by waiting for the right deal for them. And this yeah. to them felt like a much better opportunity, a much better option than Tyler hero and uh, uh, Duncan Robinson or whatever else they were going to throw in. So I'm giving it an a, you give it a B let's go over to Milwaukee right now. Yeah. So you, you throw your hat in the ringer. You end up getting Dame Lillard. You give, you make Giannis happy by bringing in a star. You're automatically a contender right now. You are, but they already were. They were prior, but now yeah. when you lose depth in Grayson Allen, in Drew Holiday, defensively, uh, it's it's going to be tough. And Drew Holiday is not like it's. I, I know he's not. I think he's more respected amongst his peers in the NBA than he is with us people that talk basketball a lot. Like Drew, because Drew's not. It's not sexy basketball. It's not. He's just a really great basketball player on both sides of the ball. But you are losing a lot. And the fact that you get to keep Middleton, look, the dynamic of how absolutely fantastic Giannis is in the open court. And now you bring in a guy like Dame Lillard, who averaged 32 points a game last year, probably had the best. He had the best season of his career last year. He is a threat from anywhere inside the arena. This is going to be defensively so hard for other teams to really strategize and play defense on these guys. You got Brooke Lopez who could spread the court defensively. He's very good. You got Middleton. I mean, obviously he's had a rough couple years here since the championship. He's been injured and whatnot, but another really great basketball player. They're starting five with Pat Connington and, and Middleton and Dame and Giannis and Lopez. That's really nice. Um, but I think it's more on the end of this is such a win for Milwaukee from the standpoint of like, Giannis wanted something yep. you got it so and Dame is on record like uh, people have asked Dame on Twitter like who's the one guy that you would want to play a playoff series with and 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 team up with to win a championship and the only word he said was Giannis so I think while we we think that Dame said it's Miami 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 I think if the opportunity arose and they said look we can potentially and I'm sure Portland gave him the opportunity to be like hey we got a potential trade to get you to Milwaukee Something looks good to us on the table. Will you be happy with that? And there probably had to be some conversation with Milwaukee. Like, will you be happy here? Uh, so I like it. I like it. I think it's another solid A in this trade. I'm giving it an A just for getting getting 32-year-old Damian yeah. Lillard 
Uh, they're going to love him in Milwaukee. I'm sure once he gets there and plays in Milwaukee and sees that fan base, it's going to be similar to what it's like in Portland. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I also think it's an A uh, for, the, for the Bucks, And the Bucks, especially after Giannis's comments, I think made a great reaction. You, we've, ta- we've kind of covered that already. But I also think the Bucks look around, especially at the East now, after KD and, and Kyrie moved to the Western Conference as a real, like this, this is, it's like them in Boston. And it's really just them now that should be the dominant team in the East. And it's there for the taking. So this is a win now move. When, you're, when your superstar reaches out and says, look, <laughs> if we ain't winning, I'm not, I don't want to be here, right? I need to be in a place where we're winning. You go, bang, here you go. Here's here's the best thing we could possibly, I literally the best possible trade they could make, I think is for Damian Lillard. It does bring up some issues. You nailed those really well. I, defensively, what is Dame going to do? He's never, never really played a lot of defense in his career. Uh, and I, I would say that's just given this, this, the, the situation that Portland finds themselves in a lot of years is doesn't really matter that much, especially towards the end of the year. But I think they will figure this out with other pieces. You, you mentioned Pat Connaughton. They have Malik Beasley on there. They have Jay Crowder on there. And, you know, there, there's a, probably a few other guys that are not currently signed. Like, you know, Austin Rivers is a guy that is not on a team that I could see them maybe scooping up. But I the big, that. the big question for me now is, is while they did this win, win now move and, you know, the money is, is the money on the back end of contracts, especially, you know, dames, it's a lot. And I get that, but we're not looking at that. It's almost keeping a blind eye to those last couple of years and going, we have two, three, four years. Let's just say the maximum is maybe three or four years with Dame still doing what he's doing. Uh, to go out and win the East and win it, win it, a championship or two, and I think they can do it. Uh, the 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 big question though, more than the roster to me, is they have a first time head coach here. That's a little shaky, you know. I I wonder, I do wonder if they would give like Budenholzer another shot with this roster. You know what I mean? Like if, had they held off on firing Budenholzer, what he would do with this roster, what that would look like. And so the big question mark, you know, the 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 depth, I think, will will kind of work its way out in the next couple of weeks and right before the season gets finalized. And even maybe during the season, maybe there's another trade that they make to solidify, uh, you know, their, their their bench. But like, what is that going to be like for Adrian Griffin, who's never been a head coach in the NBA, who now has the top contender in the East to deal with? Uh, that's a lot to put on somebody's plate. We saw what happened to Joe Maz. Right. Yeah. Very back. similar position. And I would say, I don't know how many, I, I mean, I'm wearing, I happen to be wearing green today, which is fucking terrible. I should have changed my shirt before this Good. wearing the Celtics green. I'm going to call it Milwaukee green right now. Uh, but you know, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but I, we heard calls for Joe Missoula to be fired throughout the season last year. And he had them like at the top of the East and still they were like, no, I don't, I, we don't know. We don't know about this guy. Right. So it's a lot of pressure to put on Adrian Griffin. And I I just, uh, I'm curious how that's going to go. I don't think it's like some impossible task. He's got a great fucking team. Right. So like, if you have a great team, you should be able to, you know, work with them. He's a great basketball mind. He's been an assistant coach for a long time, former NBA player. He's got the background to have this job. I'm not calling into question that 
it is just a whole different atmosphere from when you go into <laughs> being a head, you know, an assistant coach to being a head coach and then immediately make the jump to head coaching, you know, Giannis, former MVP, Damian Lillard, one of the greatest scorers we have in the league. And now mm -hmm. you have a roster with expectations and, and maybe even the most expectations, especially in the Eastern Conference for any team. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right. I think that um, that is a lot to ask. I think it's easier, though, as a first-time head coach to go to a team that's full of nothing but vets, right? They're vets that have been yeah. there. Most of them have been there before. They're professionals. I don't. It's not like you're going to Houston and have to deal with head cases and whatnot. Obviously, you're going to have to build chemistry. I think this yeah. was part of well, making – This is a dream job for yes. any coach. This is a yes. dream scenario. I'm just saying that comes with baggage and yes. it's not, and, and, and it would be nicer. I'm sure Adrian Griffin would have loved to sign up for a year of interim coaching or a half of a season of interim coaching last year. And then this season where all the pressures on him, as opposed to just jumping in with, you know, feet over the flames. Yes. And, you know, with high expectations comes a lot of scrutiny. I mean, when you yeah. get put into a team like Steve Nash did in Brooklyn, right? And your expectations are so high. You're the first dude that's going to get out of there, right? Now, look, Drew, this all sounds great. Damian Lillard, Giannis, we're excited, right? This could also completely backfire for Milwaukee, okay? It definitely can. Say Dame Lillard, say say Giannis is still over it after next season. And well, being like, you know what? I want to test the water somewhere else. And then you're Milwaukee stuck with this crazy ass Damian Lillard contract. <laughs> you know what I mean? At 60, at 63 million. Yeah. When he's 37. Yeah. And then you're looking at all those first round picks that you're giving up, these pick swaps that sounded horrible at the time, but now you need them. So uh, I don't want to think like that. I want to think that this is going to be a perfect match made in heaven, uh, I, which I think it will. But there's always that that chance as well. There could be. That's the kind of pressure I'm talking about is mm -hmm. that exact thing, because not only now do you have the pressure to win just, you know, from expectations, but you have two superstars now in Giannis and Dame that desperately want to win to the point where they both come out and said that they will leave teams that they're currently on if they're not in winning scenarios. So if this collapses. Right. If this collapses for whatever reason and if it's injury, God, God, please don't let it be that. Right. Like, yeah, we're knocking on wood here. Mm -hmm. uh, it, if it's anything other than injury, he will be the first one gone. Right. Because they know that the, the goal is to keep Giannis. Right. That's the number one goal. Dame can go again. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like if Giannis and Dame don't click after this year or after two seasons or, or they get close and they can't get over the hurdle. I'm sure Giannis will be like, again, if we're not winning, and then maybe they can trade Dame later at that point. We're getting way down the road. Yeah. But that's the kind of pressure that that you you just you you put it perfectly as to like the amount of pressure on on the head coach now is you have to be one or two seed and you have to get to Eastern Conference finals. I would say really with this team, a finals appearance is like the minimum expectation, right? Oh, and that's tough, man. That's Even, really tough. It's tough. And and most of the time, most of the time, it doesn't work out like that. And again, you're talking take some time. To, the, to the biggest Clipper fan in the world who <laughs> has on paper many times had the best team around. And sometimes <laughs> the shit doesn't happen. I just think the personalities within Giannis and within yeah. Dame when healthy, it's I feel like it's going to work. Now, even Giannis taking um, you know, I'm big on 
players going down and seeing Akeem Olajuwon and working out with him. I know Giannis had a couple days with him. I love that. I love the fact that he took advantage of it. I know Gilbert Arenas doesn't, and he went on his little tangent about seeing Akeem, but I love that shit. And I think also I got to give props to Portland and Milwaukee for getting this done now and having a training camp with these guys. Training camp is opening you have to build chemistry. You, you don't want to wait until December to make this shit happen, especially when you have a player like Damian Lillard. You got to get these guys on the same page. And hopefully Giannis reached out today and they're having dinner in Milwaukee tomorrow or the right. day after. And they're going to sit down and hash this shit out. What is our goals? How are we going to make this work? Whose team is this? And I'm hoping Dame goes to Milwaukee and says, dude, this you've laid the foundation here. You're the fucking two-time MVP. Two-time? Is it two-time still? Giannis? Finals MVP. Yeah, finals MVP two-time. and an MVP. No two-time, matter M- two-time MVP. You're the champion. This is your squad. I'm here to help in any way that I can. Just let me be me. You know, and I'm sure, like I said, all these guys are vets on the team. I'm sure Pat Connaughton isn't going to worry about him not getting an extra four shots a game right now. No, Brooke Lopez is going to know the game plan. Chris Middleton is a is, is a vet of all vets. He's going to Bobby Portis. Like these guys are the guys you want surrounding him. So I'm also giving Milwaukee an A on this, an A on this trade. And to be honest with you, I'm giving it an A all the way around because I want to talk about Phoenix now. Phoenix, who has been has such a great offseason. I love I I hate that they're in the Western Conference, but they have an <laughs> owner right now who is just all in on winning a championship, just like Milwaukee is trying to do right now. Now, I know it doesn't sound awesome on paper, but Nurkic, Nazir Little, Keon Johnson, and Grayson Allen. Nurkic is the perfect center for them right now. DeAndre was not. Nurkic is a pass willing center that can find the open man all they have is surrounding shooters perimeter guys all over the fucking court this guy can rebound the basketball when he's healthy he's again i'm bringing to save vet many a times this guy's played with stars before he knows his role as a center i think he's going to be a perfect fit for phoenix if he can stay healthy being able and he could score he could spread there's going to be games where he can drop 25 shit he's yeah. done it against the clippers many times but I think he's going to know his role going in there. He he will be the fifth option on that team. I don't <laughs> think Nazir Little, Keon Johnson, they're, they're not going to get any burn, but they're two young players that are going to be lost on the bench with the rest of those vet minimum guys that are on there. But the Grayson Allen pick, I like. I like Grayson Allen. You like Grayson Allen. This is going to be another hard-nosed guy that's going to want to come in, piss some people off. Yep. You know, you you get rid of Chris Paul and you bring in Grayson Allen to piss off people. <laughs> he can knock down shots and he's going to play defense. So I think Phoenix did and you got got off of unhappy Aiton, right? Yeah. So it's a win-win. I think it's an A all across the board for me with, with the three teams involved in the trade. What do you think about Phoenix? So this one, I, I I don't like it as much. Um, I look like overall, I'm ecstatic about the trade, right? I'm very happy that we got Dame to a new location. I'm very excited to see what that looks like for that specific piece. I'm a little bummed out for Portland, and I'm a little bummed out for the Suns. Uh, I agree that Nurkic will fit in just fine. His problem is defensively. That's his biggest problem, and we'll see how that works out very quickly to the start of the season. Uh, and, you know, it It wouldn't shock me uh, entirely if he, you know, ends up playing fewer and fewer minutes, kind of the way that DeAndre Aiden started playing fewer and fewer minutes. Like, I, I just, 
I hope I hope he's healthy and I hope he contributes and I hope he plays the best defense he's ever played in his life because it will matter and he can contribute to a potential championship team here in the Suns. I'm going to go with I mean, I'll give it a B again just to stick with with uh, round grades here. I I almost want to give it a B minus. I think the problem that I have with this is twofold. Number one, Miles Turner. Mm -hmm. Make the trade like. To me, the Miles Turner coming back in a, in a trade for for DeAndre Ayton, uh, which I believe was on the table for some time over the last two or three seasons, uh, that's a lot better return than than Nurkic and Little and Grayson and Keon Johnson. Uh, I honestly don't know of Nasir Little, Grayson, Keon of those three how many of them will stay on the I like Grayson I think he'll make the team I think Nasir Little's talented Keon's one of the craziest athletes we have in the NBA mm-hmm. but they have a full roster so I don't know who's going to stick on that roster between those guys so those are just throw-ins those are fillers so you've essentially traded DeAndre Ayton for Yusuf Nurkic and that has that's why I almost wanted to give it a C because I just think that there was more options out there whether that be even you know just letting him go <laughs> and you could have spent some some more money in free agency bringing in somebody that would be helpful uh, as a starting center as the, as opposed to having Nurkic and paying him the money that he's owed uh, this year but the second thing that I mentioned when I said twofold the second fold is you have just lost the finals, I say just, but in the last couple of seasons, lost the finals to the team that you're helping get Damian Lillard. How does that make any fucking sense in the world? Like you just made the Bucks so much stronger. <laughs> you just helped them. And I understand that they're in the East and, you know, maybe you'll battle it out in the championship when it all comes down to it. And you won't see them in the playoffs until then. But you just essentially gave them a super team. And you didn't need it. You didn't need to do it. Uh, you got a new head coach in Phoenix with Frank Vogel. Monty Williams is gone. He's in Detroit making the most money he's ever made in his life. And you don't want to give Frank Vogel an opportunity with this whole, it's not Chris Paul and all, and, and all these people that hated DeAndre Hayden anymore. It's all different people. So this one to me, I, I, I'm going to change it clips. I'm going with a C. I'm going with a C because I don't like helping the, the Suns helping the Bucks, And I just think they could have gotten a lot more for DeAndre Hayden, even though, Maybe he's a head case or, or you know, maybe he's just not the, the guy that we all thought he was going to be when he went number one overall out of my University of Arizona. I just think they left shit on the table there. And it just feels strange to me that they were involved in this trade. Well, maybe they just wanted to wipe their wipe the slate clean with DeAndre. And maybe yeah, that and they was the extended best. him. They, you know, they extended him. So the money's off the books there. And I, I get that. And and I think Nurkic is an expiring this year or next. So they're going to have that cap space. And I understand I understand the reasons that they did it from their perspective. I just think that they left better options. They they passed on better options. I, I just for whatever reason, I'm not a huge Nurkic guy, but I just see the fit and I think it works. Oh, I think he's offensively, I think he's gonna do great. On right. this team, he can he can he can hit a great screen. They'll mm-hmm. they'll be coming off those screens all day long. He's a big body. He can rebound, like you said. I just don't. He he not he's not a rim protector. Uh, he's not well, a rim protector. They also have Bol Bol at seven two. Yep. They got Drew Eubanks at six ten. Yep. They got Azubuki at six eleven. If I had to put money on it, I think by March Eubanks is starting. Okay, that's fair. And if I, I had that's to put fair. money on it. I think second half of the season you're going to see Eubanks in the starting role. Or they're at least tried a few times. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. I just like, I like, look, man, this is where I, I also love the fact that 
even though I am pro player, I say this all the time. I love the fact that the player didn't get exactly what he yes. wanted. Okay. Well, no, let's get it into that because I know we've so been happy it makes me so happy because now we're going to talk about miami this makes me so happy and i don't have any hatred towards miami but you know what miami gets in this whole thing a fucking f bro you put all your cards in the table you thought you thought damian lillard no matter what is going to be in miami we're going to throw we're just going to throw you these two people right and a couple of these these picks and this is and we're going to get dame lillard and it didn't happen and you know what happens now with miami is you're a year older, you lose Gabe Vincent, you lose Max Struess, you have a pissed-off Tyler Hero right now who's been posting the cryptic t- uh, tweets, right, Who, who's who been on the trade block. We see we know how this happens with players. You've been on the trade block all summer. He's pissed off. Now you got to go into training camp like, hey, all right, I'm back. No, he's pissed off. And now you better hope that Jaime and Hovick, who I like a lot, are going to have a huge year this year. Because in my opinion, Miami's just gotten worse, right? Now, unless you can make the trade or make, uh, like, okay, fuck, what, what's Harden? What's the ticket on Harden right now? What can, what can we do for Harden? Can we make a trade? Is Harden going to make you any better? Yeah, that's interesting. He, I mean, yeah, could, if, you did, if you did, like, they may be able to, to offer that package to Philly for Harden, the same package that they offered Portland for Dame. Or you can maybe add, maybe do the same thing for Drew Holiday. Drew. Yeah, right? Drew Which in would, Miami, really, that, that, I mean, that, that's kind of perfect, isn't it? It, it would be, but, but honestly, like when you're looking at this young team up in Portland, like do the, the, the Hovick is right. cool. They don't but, want hero. No, they don't want, they don't the, want hero. They don't want that. They don't want that. Right. So no, it won't, but Philly probably won't happen. Hero. <laughs> it probably won't happen for Drew. <laughs> no, it probably won't happen. But again, like I, I, I didn't want to, I, I really feel the Clippers should make some kind of move or throw their hat in the <laughs> ring. I look, dude. You want to get Drew, you want to come to the to the real LA team, the player that they actually have LA players on this team? Get the UCLA connect. I mean, <laughs> Russ is there. You know what? We got Russ. You got Norman Powell from San Diego, UCLA. We got Paul George. We got Kawhi Leonard. You know, Drew, you want to be in LA? How can we make this happen? And he I think he would be a perfect fit for us. That's exactly what I would like. I just want to hear the Clippers make some kind of offer. Okay. If you already know <laughs> that that Portland's willing to trade. Let's make something happen with this. Yeah. But I think Drew is going to warrant a lot of attention from the contenders, right? Lakers should be looking at him. Like you had mentioned, I mean, I guess Orlando doesn't need another freaking guard on their team. We're going to talk about Orlando here in a second. But Miami, to me, gets an F. And Jimmy Butler comes online today and says, ah, man, check check the Bucks for tampering. I, 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 let's check you guys for tampering. <laughs> you guys have been talking Dame Lillard the whole time. So do you think Miami got worse and where does this leave Miami right now? Like is is Pat Riley slipping a little bit now? Well, I, yeah, I don't know who their starting point guard is unless they're going to go with hero at at the starting point guard. Well, Lowry's there. Yeah. But Lowry was moved to the bench because of Gabe Vincent was outplaying him. Right. So that's not a great way to start your season. Lowry of course can start and maybe he's in better shape now that he's got a couple, you know, more months of heat culture underneath him. Uh, maybe he's shaving some of those pounds off, uh, but it's not likely. So, yeah, de- they, I mean, they definitely got worse, right? They lost some pretty key pieces. Ooh. And they were banking on, it seems like they were banking on getting Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with them. And and maybe their attention does turn to James Harden. Or maybe it turns to uh, 
I don't know, Brandon Ingram. You know, I, I I'm just I'm just like reaching around to trying to see who, who else they Mitchell. can go after. Donovan Mitchell just got to Cleveland. Cleveland ain't, and they're not letting him go after just one year. There's no way. So I'm I'm with you though. Maybe 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 they just look at this year as a gap year, which sucks for Jimmy, who's getting a year older. Uh, I just don't think if you have similar to the Bucks, if you have like Giannis, the Heat have Jimmy. It's a ticking clock here. Jimmy's only going to be able to put in these types of efforts for so many you know years, and to waste a year of Jimmy Butler, especially with the money they're paying him makes no sense so i do think that they will they're going to turn their attention somewhere and i just don't know like similarly to this whole portland thing like what do they have that that people want and and the answer is very little it seems like they have very little other than and they don't want to dangle bam out of bio which really is that's the piece right if they want to get fucking they want to get fucking crazy it's bam right like if you want to like just retool everything but they don't want to give up bam and and for good measure he's a great player so uh man i yeah i i don't know what they're gonna do i really don't um but i think they were banking they they gotta sign some people i think they were also in the back of their mind thinking oh shit they 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 read the the Giannis stuff and be like oh dude well we'll we'll go after Giannis too once we get dame here we're gonna go after and get Giannis. and then everyone was bummed out okay so let's get back back up a second because every the Knicks, uh, uh, every team that was in for Giannis, and I would throw the Lakers in there because we're always in for guys like that. Of course. The, Heat, the Knicks, any team that was like, cool, we're going to target when Giannis is due, when when his contract is up, they all got really pissed off by this trade. Uh, I think Adam Silver has a giant smile on his face because he tried his best to stop the bullshit tampering uh, with Dame just trying like out out outright saying, I'm going to go to Miami. Uh, and force his way through. So Adam Silver's got a big smile on his face. I, I bet that paperwork cleared through that NBA offices so lickety done. There Just was no, it. yeah, he might even walked, he might have walked and signed Just it. Stamping like, it. Just stamping how fast, it. how fast can I get this through? Because this is the best result possible. A small market team gets a massive boost in a, in a superstar that they would never have probably ever, who would have ever thought that Damian Lillard would play for the Milwaukee Bucks of all the teams? I think it would have been on the bottom two or three teams that I thought was going to be in for him. So uh, anyway, Miami is screwed. Uh, I don't, you know, F is fine, but I just, I also just think that they, it's arrogance. That's just arrogance. Like they, like you just like thought that Portland was just going to be desperate and be like, no, we're, this is what we have. And we're not going to get a third team in because this is, he wants to come here. So what are we going to do? Huh? This is what we got. This is exactly what I like to see though, dude, an owner, that knows the asset that he has and is not going to settle for less. That's that's what I like to see. And knowing that these huge hauls, the KDs and the Go Bears are going to be off of the table, right? So what is the best? What is the best that I can get? What is being offered out there with respect to Damian Lillard? Like we want him, we want to make him happy. Like Dame is different. Dame is like Steph and like Giannis. Like these yeah. guys, they want to help out, right? And yeah. I th- they put him in, in a great situation. And I will glad. say this now that Giannis is locked up for the for at least a couple years, right? Like, and and most likely will be happy with what happens here. Uh, I do think Embiid and the pressure on Philly to perform similarly for Embiid is now in pole position. Like that's the guy that the Knicks and the Heat and everyone else will try and focus on now, right? Like assuming that everything works out well with his Dame trade. And the Bucks make it to the finals, or even freaking win a championship. Embiid is going to be the one that that the Sharks are swimming around, 
going like, cool. We'll switch. We'll switch over to Embiid. That sounds great. We'll do that. Drew, this is a perfect segue to what we wanted to do on this show. You had a great idea <clears throat> to do one question for each NBA team heading into this new season, this 2023-2024 NBA season. And we wanted to do one question. We're going to start with the Eastern Conference. We'll do the Western Conference on the next show. But I thought this would be a fun little exercise. And since we, we're already talking. Are we going to do one question each, Clips? One, one question, question for each, each of us per team? team? Yes. So two questions per team then. Two questions, but one question that we that we have individually <laughs> for each team. Got it. And since we were going to start at the bottom and go to the top, but we're going to start now since we're already with the number one team, Milwaukee. I think the question that I have is going to be, how is this going to look? How is Dame Lillard? What is What does this mean now? Because yeah. right? my, my question was going to be, with all the talk of Giannis wanting to get out of there is the, or potentially wanting to get out of there, is that going to be a distraction for this season? Is that going to be the question everybody asks Giannis every single freaking after every game? You know, Nobody wants to deal with that. So now that Dame is in Milwaukee, I think we just covered that a lot. How is it going to look? What does that mean for the championship thoughts, uh, expectations? And I think we just covered that. Yeah. And my, I mean, my question was, was spelled out. It's, it's the head coach. It's, it's what can you do? Like, how can you make this different than an already championship winning team? You know, they didn't win it last year, but they have won a championship with, you know, these major players here. Now that you lost Drew, you bring in Dame. Uh, how, how are you going to do this in your very first year head coaching? Uh, and, and just to back it up, I, I think this, the second for me would be, Who's going to play the two guard or who's going to play off Dane? Are they going to bump Middleton down and then start like Beauchamp or somebody or, or start Portis or start Crowder or start Beasley? Uh, are they going to get somebody that we don't even know yet? But I think Connaughton's going to start. Is it going to be Connaughton? Connaughton's mm -hmm. fine. He's feasible, good shooter. Not He's all right defensively, but I think they could do. I think Malik Beasley might be a better defender on ball. Uh, that's it's yeah, it's all the same stuff that we just covered. But my number one question, Adrian Griffin, baby, show me the goods. All right. Number two in the East is Boston. One question for Boston. I think it's going to be really interesting to see not so much Grant Williams, but the loss of Marcus smart, right? The heart and soul of their team. Yeah. I know we, they, they were the first team to actually make moves in this off season and getting rid of Marcus smart and bringing in Porzingis. Obviously Porzingis is going to be, uh, an interesting fit for them. But my question is, what does it really mean? Are we, we're going to see a season without Marcus Smart in the Boston Celtics uniform. How is that going to uh, affect the chemistry, the Who's in the locker room stuff? Who's the leader of this team? I think we are with the paycheck that Jalen Brown just got should the be expectations for him. Uh, it should, it should be Tatum, but shit, check the, check your checkbook, Jason Tatum. I'm the number one guy in town here. That's right. So I, I, <laughs> yeah until, until next year fuck yeah um that's my question though is yeah. is the loss of marcus smart gonna be the make or break for this basketball team winning a championship this year i love that question it's a tough one man i you know tatum and brown naturally fell under the wing of marcus smart as the older veteran tough guy player that he was when they were drafted I think there's like the, the flip side of Marcus being gone is like now you don't have to worry about him jacking those ill like just ill favored threes uh, when the game is on the line or mm -hmm. having him have the ball in his hands when it should be in Brown or Tatum's like maybe that'll be beneficial in some moments. But 
they similar to the Bucks, they losing Drew, this is a big, big loss for them. So that's a very, very good question. Who the hell is gonna be the leader? Who's gonna be the defensive stopper? Is that gonna be Jalen Brown? Does Jalen Brown really want to be in Boston, right? Like that. Did he work on his dribbling skills this year? Let's hope the left hand is looking good. <laughs> My question is Porzingis. Uh-huh. And it's they took a pretty big swing here, right? They they had, I think they had many options, and they decided to go with Porzingis, a guy that I think will fit in lovely. Mm-hmm. Right. But injuries already stopped him from playing in the FIBA World Cup, which could be a blessing in disguise. Honestly, if I'm the Celtics, I'm actually kind of do- uh, pretty happy that Porzingis had the planner plantar fasciitis right like during this offseason and couldn't this play and potentially get injured on the Latvian team. Uh, so I think it, it's it's can Porzingis deliver at least you know 90% of what he did last year from a statistical standpoint on the Wizards. And if he can, they will be a very formidable team. But it's a lot of pressure on a guy that in his career just hasn't hasn't really done those types of things for winning organizations. His first real time being in a contending team with an opportunity to win a championship. I love his game. And I think people deride him constantly, but he's a good basketball player. Maybe he's not the strongest or the toughest, but for crying out loud, the guy is seven foot four. He can stroke it. He's he's good at blocking shots. He's all right at rebounding. Uh, I think he could be a, a pretty big game changer there. So my question is, can Porzingis deliver the value that Boston requires of him? I think you hit the nail on the head with the pressure situations because it seems like the most pressure that he had was in New York. It didn't work out. And then the most pressure was like, okay, teaming up with Luca that didn't work out for whatever reason. His best season is with Washington where last year, where he was damn near. Uh, I mean, I think I had him on my all-star team. I think I voted for him to make an all-star <laughs> team, but there was no pressure in Washington. And I think that's why it was so good. I think yeah. if they can get, I mean, you want 90%. I think if you can get just, really anything out of Porzingis above <laughs> if he like can play 66 games <laughs> facts and and but you but we're not looking for 26 points a night 24 no, no. points a night right, he right. can go off for that but can you give me 16 and 8 you know what i'm saying like consistently you, yeah, 16 and 8 40 percent available every night hit your open shots right play your hit, defense hit 40 percent from three that's going to be really interesting yeah Number three is going to be Philly. Now we've talked Philly like Ugh. to death this summer. And <clears throat> obviously it's hard to make that uh, the, ask the question because we don't know where James Harden's going to be. He's not going to show up for training camp. So my question is this, the guy that, that I am so high on is, are they going to unleash Maxi? Yeah. Are you going to let this beast go? Because every time I watched Philly last year and Harden's out of the game, Maxi can go off. This kid is nice. They need to keep him there. They need to pay him with Harden out of there. Maxi is going to have the rain with the ball. Are you going to unleash Tyrese Maxi? That's what I want to know. I'm going to, I love that question. I think, I think the answer should be yes. Mm-hmm. And with the uncertainty around James Harden, I, I just, I don't, under, I don't know how they can go into a season assuming that he's going to be like ride his rain and going to be starting. You have to prep Maxi to be the guy who's going to have the ball in his hands every yep. every single trip down the floor. Uh, and I think he's ready. I mean, the guy is so talented. Maxi is so freaking skilled, smooth as butter. I, you know, I, I the question's obviously what is James Harden going to do, but we're not going to do that because 
We don't know the answer to that question. And we're tired of it. Low, low hanging fruit there. Uh, my question is, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the new head coach here. Like, can they get more out of Embiid in crucial moments with this new head coach? Can they produce a new system with Nick Nurse at the helm that features Embiid, that gets him on the block, that gets him in the spots that he that he loves? And and they did a great job of that, obviously, last year with Doc. Guy led the league in scoring. He was MVP, but in the playoffs, that all crumbled down. So. That's really what I'm looking at. Playoffs, Sixers have to be in the top. First first and foremost, they have to be in the top four seeds in, in the East for this season to be even considered like mediocre. And then secondly, when they get in the playoffs, they have to feature Embiid. They have to not allow for these these uh, these moments in games that span long, long spans of time without him getting touches and dominating the game that, that, that he should, like he should. And, and really... There isn't even Giannis. Nobody should be able to guard and beat. We've seen that time and time again. So force the double team, and and then you know play off of that the way that you can. But I my question is, can Nick Nurse unlock and beat in the playoffs better, more consistently? I think that's a good question, and I think that you know we're talking about the window for Damian Lillard in Milwaukee, like the window with Embiid right now in yeah. Philly. There's tensions. There's the uh, currently constructed. If James Harden isn't coming back there, they are not in title contention in my in my opinion. Right. And, be, and, and they got to get somebody. They got to get something good for Harden if they are going to let him go, because then yeah, that's Drew, a huge red flag. Embiid won't be happy finishing five, six, seven, eight seed, and that's kind of where I think that they will be if they don't have James Harden or drew holiday for instance maybe they get drew maybe they get drew holiday yeah drew back in philly which would be you know he's already been there that'd be a great guy to do but like it's kind of like the barry sanders syndrome like are you just gonna are we gonna ride and bead with his are we just gonna keep feeding him the rock feed him the rock and wear this guy down that's why i said specifically for the playoffs Mm. because i think they 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 did a great job during the regular season last year but even still they finished in in the number three seed at the end of last season it's the playoffs that I'm focused on for my right. question. I, you don't want to tire out the guy. And to be quite frank, he should be resting. Like he shouldn't, I don't think he should play 82 games this mm-hmm. season. And Tobias Harris contract year. We've already talked about that. Big year for times. Tobias. Big, big year coming. Big, big year coming. Year. <laughs> 42% from three, 22 points a game. Tobias uh, Harris. Number four on the list, Cleveland. Now, as, as much as I want to talk about the uh, Donovan Mitchell, my, my question is simple. For the mm. Cleveland Cavaliers. Did Evan Mobley get a jump shot this summer? <laughs> Did he work on a jump shot this summer? <laughs> Rookie year, loved everything we saw out of him. Sophomore slump. Did you work on the jumper? Because he's got all the tools, all yeah. the gifts that they need. This guy is this guy is nice, but the jumper needs work. Did Evan Mobley work on a jump shot this summer? That is my question for the Cleveland Cavaliers. My, that, it's a great question. There's no answer to that. We're going to have to see. The proof is in the pudding for Evan Mobley. Please, God, be able to knock down an 18-footer. Uh, he was able to do it in college. I just don't understand. What happened? Uh, it's like the Markel Fultz syndrome or something like that. Uh, my question is very similar. I, my question was, who's going to be like the starting three for them? And, and coinciding with that, who can knock down shots? With the team, they got Max Struess, they got Niang, mm-hmm. uh, they still got Lavert over there. Who is going to be the guy that can take some of that pressure off Garland and Donovan Mitchell? 
And if it's Mobley, then fucking fantastic. And it doesn't matter who's out there. If Mobley's shot is going down there, put put Niang in because the guy moves the ball well. He's a good defender. I'd rather have Niang. If Mobley's shot is not working, it's got to be Struess or Levert because you get extra scoring. But that clearly was the problem at the end of last season, during the course of last season. They just ran out of gas. And you can just you just key up. You go, okay, cool. Nobody else other than Darius and, <laughs> and Donovan can shoot the ball. Uh, so it becomes pretty easy to defend. So that's similar. And they got exposed in the playoffs by Absolutely. the Knicks. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the Knicks happen to be number five on the list right now. Mm. And this, I'm kind of piggybacking off of what I what I just said about Cleveland. And my question for the Knicks is this. Yeah, it's fun to talk about Brunson and Randall. But now we're in year five of the R.J. Barrett experiment, right? Mm. This kid's got all the potential. He's got all the potential in the world. But he's another guy that needs to get his jumper right. When are we going to see, is this the peak of R.J. Barrett? Is the 20 points a game? Is this what we're going to get? Which is fine. That is fine if that's who we, I just think he has a higher ceiling and he needs to get better. If the Knicks want to be in contention at all, they played great in the playoffs last year. You know, it is what it is. But R.J. Barrett is a centerpiece to this basketball team. And I I, I want to know, is R.J. Barrett going to step his game up a little bit? Is the 20, can he turn the 20 points a game into the 24 a game? Can he shoot at a 38% clip from three? That's what, and, and from everything I've heard, RJ works on his game. He's a good kid, you mm-hmm. know, stays in the gym. Uh, may, but maybe this is it. Maybe it's the 20 points a game. But I think there's way more potential in RJ Barrett to be a bigger contributor on the team. And 20 points is a lot. It's a lot of game. But can he take that next step to be that next guy? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm, I, you know, I struggle with the Knicks finding one question. Um, <laughs> right. There's a lot of questions. Right. There's a lot of questions, you know. Uh, and the one I'll, I'll I'll land on here is, is it is it finally time to say goodbye to Julius Randle? Can you offload Julius and get a? I, it doesn't have to be the same or or better version. Julius has been very good for the regular season for the Knicks, but is it just time? Is it time to like look elsewhere? And Jeremy Grant or Brandon Ingram. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there there's a handful of guys that could make that 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 the deal could work for. They just traded Obi Toppin, so my guess is that's probably not on the horizon for this season. And I just think that they have reached their ceiling. So my question to the Knicks, in tandem with that Julius Randle trade, is like, can you be can you be any better than you currently are? And I don't know if the answer is yes. Can you get any better? Can you can you squeeze more? Out of what you have, I think they've done a fantastic job of doing exactly that. But there's no more juice left in that to squeeze out. They have squeezed all the juice. So can the Knicks and Tibbs get any better with this roster without moving pieces? And I, I think the answer is no. I think the the Knicks are still hanging on like they do every year. They're so, so tough. They're, they're go they're no, but they're going to get a Giannis. They're going to get Donovan. Oh. They're going to get Dame. Embiid. I think that's and bead right and and these are all just pipe dreams all right that's in like two or that's like two years probably away at least maybe two seasons away it could happen this season but i don't think so drew the best move the knicks have made in the past like decade is jalen brunson Mm -hmm. right absolutely that's that's basically what it is so 
you're you're totally right. If you're fine with being in mediocrity and making the first round of the playoffs, that's fine. But you're right. You got to get off Randall, squeeze whatever value you can out of him. See what's going on with Quickly, who's another one of Siakam. these. Up and what, is, what is what is what do they want for Siakam? What does Toronto want? No, for Siakam? well, we're getting. Hold on, Drew. Hold on. Hold on. We're gonna get to Toronto here. In God, a get him in the <laughs> get him in the Knicks jersey. We're we're on the same page on this. Now let's talk about Brooklyn, number six right here. Mm. Who's coming off a forty-five and thirty-seven uh, season? God, they finished great with getting you know Bridges looking good and getting Cam Johnson in there. But yep. look, man, the question is this, and I got to bring up our favorite player to talk about on this podcast is my guy Benjamin Simmons. D- the <laughs> question is this, Benjamin Simmons, do you want to play basketball? Any valid question? Like, would you like to contribute to an NBA basketball <laughs> team? Can we get you to become the sixteen and six guy that that you're totally twelve and six, twelve and six well, guy? Sixteen me, is too much. But he was he was a sixteen and six. Yes, twelve yes, and yes. six. I'll take. Yes. Can you be a contributing member of this Brooklyn Nets team? Can you revive your career? Can you just humble yourself a little bit and come give me half-ass effort because yeah. you are so talented and good enough to give half-ass effort and get that 12-6, and six, Drew? That's what I want to know because when you look at this team, dog, when you're looking at these guys, you got uh, Cam Thomas, you got Bridges, you got uh, Lonnie Walker, you got DFS, you got Spencer Dinwiddie, you got Nick Claxton. That's a good-ass basketball team in my opinion. And if you throw on a, a half-ass Benjamin Simmons that will contribute to this team, play defense, run the point guard like he wants to be the goddamn point guard so bad. You could be a good basketball team in the East. You were sixth last year. Now, mind you, yes, you had KD for most of the year. And Kyrie. It is, it, it, and Kyrie. Had most of that. But that's my question. Does Benjamin yeah. Simmons want to play basketball? Does he want to play for another six, seven, eight years? Does he want to get another contract? Yeah. Because there is low expectations for the Brooklyn Nets. We're not right. expecting you guys to win the championship this year. <laughs> We're not. But no. can you be? Can you play basketball and be in this sixth spot? Because the six would be nice for Brooklyn with that team, right? My question is, can they make the playoffs? And the answer is no. Do they right. want to make the? Do they want to make the playoffs? Maybe the better question. Do right. they even want that? Are they in a rebuilding stage? Uh, they've splashed the cash to keep Cam Johnson there. Uh, we'll see what, what this all looks like, but, but are, where are they? Cause right now it seems as though they're in like that purgatory where maybe they'll be good enough to make the 10, nine, eight seed, something like that, and then lose and not really make it into the playoffs and, and losing the play in round. And, and that's just like the worst spot to be in, right? You don't really want to be, I guess the worst spot to be in is like the 11 and, and, and 12 seed, but, uh, you really don't want to be in that spot either way. So I think it's decision time. Uh, and maybe they've already made their decision. But uh, my question, do you want to be in the playoffs? And I think the answer is no. That's fair. Because, <laughs> I mean, the way the East is going right now, shit, who knows? It's uh, it's open. That's the thing. It's like Because if they want to, they could probably have assets. They could move a couple and maybe splash some shit up here and, and try and finish at seven and six seed, something like that. Because the East is wide open. Hawks. Our other great team that we like talking about. Uh, my question for them, for the Hawks, is finally after 27 years, you get you get off of John Collins. You finally trade John Collins, who's been on the trading block for the past three decades. My question is, will the second-year guys, the A.J. Griffins and the Jalen Johnsons, will they be a mu- will play a much bigger role 
for Atlanta this year. I'm thinking they will because there's going to be minutes now. And these guys, again, we are super talented. Um, I want to know if the second-year guys are ready to step up to the plate and really contribute to Atlanta. Um, Trey Young, obviously, the guy there, the, the, the main guy there. Yeah. But A.J. Griffin, Jalen Johnson, want to see what they can do. Good question. I think uh, I think both of those guys have a lot of talent. Both Duke guys, uh, oddly enough, but AJ Griffin, I, he's good, man. I I would give him some run. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is will Trey Young still be on the Atlanta Hawks by the end of the year? Quinn Snyder's in there. They seem to have a you know a beautiful love affair. You know, honeymoon stage in the beginning. Uh, Trey was talking about how good he is. His dad was tweeting about how good Quinn is, and da 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 da. But when the shit hits the fucking fan and we're in December, January, February, well, probably not, maybe, maybe early February and they're not looking great. And Quinn's like, I thought, I thought I had figured this out. I thought I had put the, you know, the puzzle pieces in the right order and it's not looking good. Will, I mean, Atlanta, I'm sure James Harden wouldn't love, wouldn't mind playing in Atlanta. Uh, Will they actually look at trading Trey Young and and maybe they will look at it maybe they currently are in monitoring it maybe there's nothing out there for them to find at the moment as far as a trade partner but that's my question it is it is it still is Trey a winning player somebody that you should build your franchise around do does he remain on the team for the whole year I think that's a really valid question and I think that this is this season's going to be the gauge because I think Trey Young has a major chip on his shoulder right now just from all the back talk and everything that he's been hearing right. the, the 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 not making the FIBA team the all-star shit last year I want to see his bounce back I want to see how he brings it this year and how he can actually turn into a leader he has to understand that like the only way that these guys are going to do anything come playoff time is if he bu- buys into the team aspect and buys into the talent that has play that defense he has around him play uh, whatever defense he can bring to the table, which probably <laughs> isn't much. Right. But if you can take anything like you, you want all this comparison to Steph Curry, like that will always be your comparison based on your shooting and whatnot. What you should do is take a page out of Steph's book, how he was a defensive liability for a long time. And people still think he's a defensive liability, but he's gotten much better on defense in the, in the past few years, he got stronger up top. I think he's a much better Steph is a much better defensive player than people think he is. Yeah. But yes, I think Trey taking pride in the defense and understanding that he's not going to get it done alone by himself. He has to uh, see what assets he has around him and capitalize off of that. So I'm with you on that. Now, now let's get into the Raptors. Cause I think our question is the same question. My question is this, will you finally trade somebody, right? <laughs> will you finally get off your asses? And Masai Majiri thinks you need to trade the freaking the pyramids in Egypt to get OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam. Will you finally make a trade? Because uh, for whatever reason, he thinks OG's worth this this much, and OG is nice. I can't believe that people are even talking about that he might have a contract upwards of one hundred and thirty million dollars. I don't I don't see it. I don't get it. Siakam, maybe I'll understand. But like, what are we doing in Toronto? You got Schroeder up there. You 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 let Fred Van Bleet go. Um, what, are you going to trade somebody to make your team better? I'm. I, I wish we had Raptors fans on this podcast because I'd really like to know what they would want in Toronto. But will they finally trade one of these pieces that they have? 
Yeah, they finished dead even, 41 and 41 last year in the nine seed. We skipped the heat, by the way, but I think we kind of already gave some questions. About, yeah, we gave we gave some questions about the heat. Uh, Toronto's also one that's got a lot of questions. We get down to this area, a lot of questions uh, to be asked for all these teams. <laughs> I think my question is, like, does Masai Ujiri still want to be a GM or president of basketball operations? I think he's done. I think he like. I think it's time for him to just like move on and be the deputy deputy commissioner or whatever else he wants to do. Go lead. Uh, he's done a lot for NBA Africa. Uh, I, go do that. Like I just. I think he might be done with the job. Just like maybe like Bob Myers seemed to be done with the job and just went his own, you know separate ways. And Masai will get on any ESPN, TNT, whatever broadcast he wants to do if he wants to do that. But. It, golly man it might be just it might be time to just move move on to a different thing it just feels like he won that championship everyone praised him so much for mm. doing that uh, but he just you know he's he sold half of the team to win a championship and then it was gone it was it was alone and now it's gone but he'll always be remembered and i think uh maybe even a hero to some people in toronto but that's long gone now like nobody, nobody's on that team. On that team, even sniffed that competition when Kawhi was there, and and his unwillingness to 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 deal players and 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 like his ridiculous values that he has in order for teams to meet the threshold for him to even like consider having a. Uh, it's like what, what? Maybe it's time to just move on. You know, he he can make a lot of money doing a lot of other things, and I think he would. He's well suited for whatever next step he wants to take, but. My question is, does he even want to do this job anymore? Well, it seems like he's not doing anything. So that's what I mean. That's they, 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 there's no moving pieces whatsoever. Now, when when the dark horse this week came up with Toronto being yeah. in the Dame sweepstakes, I'm like, oh, that makes sense, right? If you if there's a Siakam thing going on there, like, okay, that makes sense. I can I can see that or an OG, but he didn't even want to do that. So uh, I'm with you on that. I also I had a sub question, Drew. Like, do you think? Grady Dick's basketball jersey will be the top selling jersey in any sport in Canada this year. Oh, oh, in Canada, in Canada, oh. all of Canada. I all I do sports. think I do think he will have uh, he will be selling a lot of merchandise. I was going to say in the in frats all over the United States and and Canada. I don't know if Mexico has frats at their colleges. Frat boys will be purchasing the Dick jersey everywhere. I think it's a valid question, though. In Canada, throughout all sports, will Grady Dick be the number one spell selling sports jersey? I, hockey, hockey's too big over there. It hockey's is, but nobody's big. named Dick, Drew. Nobody's. No, named but I think they have some fun ones uh, in hockey too. <laughs> all right, moving on to the Bulls, right quick. Um, my question is, who's your point guard? Lonzo's out for the year. Is AO going to be the guy that steps up? You got a lot of guards here. You got Caruso, Levine, Javon Carter, Kobe White. Uh, they're super guard heavy. Who is your point guard going to be? That's yeah. my question. I think they are in the same boat of mediocrity. Yeah. Right now we had we we were high on them last season. They had uh, even the season before. They looked really nice for a short period of time. Yeah. What are we going to do with the point guard situation? It's tragic what's Good happening question. with Lonzo. Uh, but that that's where are you going to address the point guard situation? Who's going to be your guy? A lot of guards on that team, Drew. Yeah, I think they love. AC, they love Caruso, so he'll probably take the reins, and they do have plenty of options. So if he's not cutting it, 
<laughs> they can shuffle somebody else in. My question, my question is, why are they so bad? Like the team, sh- it's a good question. team. <laughs> yeah. Like, how are they this bad? I just don't. I just can't, I can't really wrap my head around it. They have the pieces. Like Zach Levine is very good. Demar Derozan very good. Vucevic fucking serviceable and took mm-hmm. a pay cut. He took a pay cut this last off season compared to where you know what everyone else is making. Well, I just don't. How are they this bad? I just don't. I don't understand that. So I, I think what will potentially happen here is that they have another season or start to the season. We may be looking at the last of Billy Donovan as the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. He's probably on the hot seat because it just doesn't make sense why these pieces, unless it's purely about a lack of defensive intensity and a lack of defensive prowess, which could very well be the case, if it if you can't figure out how to light the fire <laughs> mm-hmm. under these guys to start playing defense, then then it is time for a head coaching change. So why are why the hell are they so bad? Well, I I, I got to be fair, dude. I think Lonzo was a perfect fit for that team, right? I agree. A, health, a healthy Lonzo on that team. Brings- Alex Caruso, they went and got him because Lonzo, he's the same. They're the same. I think Caruso's even better athlete, better defender. I, it, it's not like they don't have – AC is great. He's good. Right. He can start. He can do it. He just can't – he can't shoot as well as Lonzo. But even though I think their percentages are probably pretty similar because Lonzo had some really – you know, he struggled early on. But, I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I I think they were all bummed out that the Lonzo thing is going the way that, it, that it's going. But they they have a good team. I just don't yeah, – I, like, how are they down here? I think that <laughs> – I think that, like, the 10 spot for them is fair, right? And that's so no sad. Way. When you, when, now, when you have – no, nah, dude, when you have Levine and DeRozan, it should be way better, but it's like, yes. it's not working, man. Whatever this is, it's not working. So you got to figure out, yes. who, obviously Levine probably has more trade value, but like you got to yep. get off DeMar and let this be Levine's basketball team and whatnot. But we, you're we right, called man. for that. We called for that last year and they didn't do it. And then the, the re-signing of Vooch just makes me think that they don't, they don't see it. They also see what I'm saying. They're like, <laughs> this is good. Why is this not translating to wins? We need to figure that problem out. And, you know, when that happens, the fingers get pointed at the head coach. Pacers are up next, and this was such a tough Lightning one round. Me. We got to do lightning round. We got to get out of here. Pacers were up next. Look, man, I, it's hard to call now that Buddy Heald, they're willing to, they're they're yeah. looking to ship Buddy Heald. It's hard to make that call to see what kind of value that Buddy's going to bring back to this team. I do like Obi Toppin being on that squad. I want to see what he brings to the table when you have guys like Halliburton and Benny Math, who you like a lot. Those are yeah. young legs. Oh, Obi's obviously been working on his three point shot. He can run with the best with them, run with the best of them, jump with the best of them. You got Miles Turner still there, but I, it's hard for me to have a question when Buddy Heald's not going to be there moving forward. So, yeah, that's, that's a good what, question, though. I, I think. The, it's because it could really determine what happens to their season based on what they get for Buddy, and you know, just because they didn't have a contract extension doesn't mean that he won't play out the whole season there as under a contract year, right? And just have an awesome season. So maybe it could work out in their favor, and they say, "Look, we're going to let you go to free agency, and then we'll, if you do great, we'll offer you a contract. If you want to come back, great. If not, we'll see you around." But uh, that's a that's a really interesting piece. Because he is, he has been, I mean, quietly, maybe unrecognizably by most NBA fans, like in the top five to 10 three point shooters every year of his career. As far and he as he plays every game, dude, makes, the guy's durable. 
he makes threes, a lot of threes. And and he's not a terrible defender. I think that's probably his weakest spot. But, you know, so the NBA has terrible defense all over the place. Um, my question, my question, my question. Uh, Rick Carlisle is a playoff type of head coach. And with the with the East this open, I I think my question is, can they unlock the best lineup? Can they find because they have so many guys right now, and Heald is one of them obviously, but we'll, we'll we'll set him to the side. Can they unlock a lineup that lets Halliburton shine, lets Miles Turner do his thing? What are the other three kind of guys? What does that look like? Benny Math probably on the floor there, but can they um, can they find? like their consistent starting lineup, the best five guys, and then build a rotation that could lead them to success, wins, and then a postseason uh, uh, appearance this year. I think they're good enough. And when I look at that team, I think they should be in the postseason. You know, it's going to be you know, a little difficult for them. They're still young and a little unproven. Uh, and and while I say the East is wide open, they're certainly not a favorite, but I, it is wide open. So they could, in my opinion, they're better than the than Brooklyn uh, Nets than than the Nets for sure, mm-hmm. exactly. And mm-hmm. so they 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 should be fighting there uh, to try and make a postseason berth, and then hopefully not get blown out by thirty for the next time. The next time they make it the playoff, that's like their that's their routine. They make it to the the playing round, up oh, lose by thirty five. Uh, Wizards, man, this is a fun one because the we call it the land of the lost, and that's exactly what they are. And we can have all the questions in the world about Jordan Poole and Kuz and and whoever else you want on that team. But my question is, uh, can they develop pa- Patrick Baldwin Jr.? And I know that's a random thought, but this guy was getting zero burn yeah. up in Golden State. He is nice. The guy's got all the talent in the world. He's 20 years old. Now that you're in Washington, you're going to get burned. That seven minutes a game that you were getting in in Golden State might turn into 20, right? And they might find out that they have something special with this kid because he is so nice. Can you develop Patrick Baldwin Jr.? You are in. He's in the perfect position right now. There's a green light everywhere. They need buckets. He could be that guy for them. I like that. He was my steal of the draft for the Warriors. I thought they did a good job of snagging him as late as he did. He fell from injuries. Uh, and and Warriors, it's really like it's it must be so fun to get drafted there. And then you get there, you're like, fuck, I'm not gonna do anything. I get no burn. <laughs> I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna be running around at practice, huh? That's what I'm gonna do. Damn, that sucks. So yeah, he's gonna have a lot of fun this year. I think he's gonna have a, a more fun this year than he did potentially last. Uh, I like the kid. I think he has a good game. Uh my question is who's gonna which contender is gonna go get Kyle Kuzma? That's mm-hmm. my question. There's gonna be a contender somewhere out there, west, east, whoever it is. Uh who's who's gonna go get Kuzma? Because he he doesn't need to be on that team. The team wants to lose. It's not like Kuz is gonna like <laughs> make him win 40 games or anything like that. But the, he, Kuzma is one of those types of players that can alter you know, a team's uh, trajectory. If Porzingis, heaven forbid, goes down, Kuzma would be a great option for the Boston Celtics to try and go after. Uh, you know, I just think he is one of those guys, uh, his skill set, his size is in, always in high demand. Uh, so my question is, is will Kuzma still be on the team at the end of the year and, and which contender will go get him? Yeah, Kuz is a great fourth option, third, fourth option on any Incredible. Team. If, yeah, if you're if you're a good team and you have mm-hmm. him as your fourth, fifth mm-hmm. option. Yeah. Gosh. Uh Orlando, my my freaking favorite team, Orlando. Uh there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that out of all the, the whole NBA, I think Orlando has the best uh 
the best, um, the most amount of young talent in the NBA. They have so much young talent on this team. And we're seeing, obviously, we saw how good Paolo was. We know how good Franz is. My question is, um, who's going to be the Batman and Robin on that team? It's obviously Paolo and Franz, but which one is going to be the guy? And mm. my personal opinion is I think Franz is ready to take that next leap. I think the way everybody talks about Franz, what we saw in the FIBA, uh, I got to spend some time with him this summer down here in San Clemente. I see how focused this guy is, what he's doing as far as training goes. And I don't know if it's a European thing or whatnot. I don't know what Paolo's doing for working out. He was brilliant last year. He's going to be great for many years to come. But if Orlando is going to make any any movement to make the playoffs and do anything uh, in the postseason, I think they need to have a definitive uh, pecking order. And I think Franz, although he might not want to be the alpha guy on that team, I think Franz needs to be the guy. Um, and Paolo should be fine with being the two. But Drew, look at the talent on that team. There is so much. And they probably need oh, to get sad. rid of a guard. They probably need yeah. to get rid of uh, one of the guards. Fultz is there. Yep. Suggs is there. Cole Anthony is there. Uh, there's so much talent there. Um, they need to make a move, too, with all these these moving pieces that they have. Yeah, I I fully fully second that question, and I will I will actually just use that as my question. Let's move on. I I, I Orlando is just it's they're so good, Drew. They have so much talent. They, they have a lot of talent, and, and it I don't know I don't know what they're missing, right? Like what's the next ingredient? And and maybe it's just you know it's time. These these guys are young. The development schedule is is ticking along, and. There's all this, you know, the statistics about NBA players really don't become winning championship, winning caliber players if they're ever going to win until they're about 26 or 27. So they got plenty of time to grow into that. Those two guys in particular do. Uh, a lot who would of, be your Batman and who would be your Robin then? I would go Batman's got to be Paolo for me because Franz is a willing passer. Franz is a willing passer mm -hmm. and, and will move the ball, doesn't hold it. Paolo wants the 20 a game. He wants the 25 a game. And I and and you know making it making a distinction between Batman and Robin probably not the way that I would do it if I right. was Orlando showing them that I understand for the purposes of our conversation mm -hmm. and, and there needs to be an alpha right we we we've seen that every team needs one uh, but I, I would go with Paolo I just think he is built more as an out and out scorer and I think Franz is just kind of a kind of a feel feels the game really well. Uh, can can flat out score as well, but is also you know good good handling the ball, good passing the ball. Hornets. <laughs> now oh, we're boy. this is we're at the bottom of the scraping the barrel, Drew. We're coming down to the last two in the East. The Hornets. I have one question, and the question is: Can they move off of Gordon Hayward's contract? Yes. Can they move off of Gordon Hayward's contract and surround Lamelo Ball with talent? Austin Rivers said it on a podcast the other day. It made very, it made a lot of sense. We've also said the same thing. But can you get some value for the for Gordon Hayward to put some pieces around Lamelo because it's a shit show down there. And while it's going to be fun that you know Bridges is going to be back, Airbnb is going to be back, Lamelo and and Miles Bridges again, cool. That's fun for ESPN. That's not going to get you anywhere. And you're just gonna you're you're wasting away the talent that is Lamelo Ball. You need to bring in uh, pieces surrounding this kid to uh, to make any kind of splash in the NBA. Drew, they were what was their record last year? Twenty seven and fifty five. Not good enough. And I'm sure Gordon Hayward does not want to be there anymore. Figure it out. Move Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Find a suitor for Gordon Hayward and bring some talent around Lamelo. 
sell I some like, tickets. I, I like Gordon Hayward to the Spurs middle of the season. Uh, vet down there, Popovich play with Wembo, plays the right way, all that good stuff. He's a white guy that always helps, right? San Antonio. Uh, but the uh, Terry Rozier as well. Terry Rozier, you can add him to the list. Both right. of those guys should go. I think it's time for the Hornets to be as bad as they were again this year. I really do. I understand the goal is to put pieces around Lamelo, uh, but they got the you know they got their draft pick. They got Miller in there, the mm-hmm. young the young rookie. It it should be Mello and and Miller. It's time to you know show out. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's just get better, right? Like I, that's how I would look at the season. They are not good. They're not a good team. Uh, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier have value in the NBA. They can get draft picks or players, young players for those guys. Go do it. Like, why are you, why are we, what are we doing? You know, go let them go. Let this team be terrible. Let's hopefully like, if I'm them, I'm resting LaMelo. He broke his fucking leg last year. I, as much as I want to build around him, you need him on the floor to build around. So I would take it easy on him a little bit this year. You know, I would get fined probably once for resting him, except guess what? It doesn't really matter. Uh, Cause they don't have two stars on that team. Uh, so he he should rest. He should not be playing that many games. He should be actively trying to improve his game. Same thing with Miller. This is about uh, looking to the future this year. It's it's going to be a shit season to be a Hornets fan, other than just the fun highlights, like you said. I, I guess the question is, um, how much fun can this team have while losing? Because that should be kind of that should be kind of the mentality. Like, go put on a show. I want you throwing between the legs passes to Miles Bridges who dunks it, you know, on top of somebody's head. And if Kai Jones is on the team, maybe he has an opportunity to do the same. But uh it's it's time just, to be bad. Let's go just, get another draft pick. <laughs> just Florida, just uh Detroit Tropics. What was Jackie Moon's team? They were the, the, Flint, the Flint, Michigan, the Flint Tropics. The Flint, Flint Tropics. Just be them, be entertaining. Yes. Uh, but Drew, I don't think you can rest Lamelo or whatever i mean he's got potential for in his contract if he makes all nba like that that money is going to be wild for him he's up for like 250 or whatever so that's that's fine that's fine you know if he if he has contract you know stipulations and 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 he wants to play (laughs) no problem and he's healthy enough to play no problem right no problem i just if i'm them i'm not playing him 82 games there's no way i'm playing him 82 games next year last but not least the pistons sorry to our boy scott the only oh, Detroit Piston fan I know. Uh, my question is basically, it's the Wiseman experiment, mm. right? Like, we have three players on that team with Bagley and Wiseman and Jalen Duran, who all play the same position. And Wiseman is still, this is going to be his third season, still young, super upside for him. Where is he fit with this basketball team? Or what are they doing at the center position? What are they doing with all of these young big guys that they have on their team? With Cade and with Ivy, uh, they they have a nice little nucle- nucleus there. Even Jalen Duran, same thing. But what are we doing with Wiseman? Was that the right Was that the right choice? What are we What are we doing with that? Yeah. How are you gonna? How about this? The question is, can you not be last in the Eastern Conference this year? And with what we just said about the Charlotte Hornets, they should be last yeah. this year, for all intents and purposes. So, right. My yeah. question is how you know and and Wiseman is 10 and 10 and 5. That's not good enough. Yeah. Not good enough with the potential you have. What are you going to do? I think, you know, my question is 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 for Monty because he's the highest paid head coach in the NBA or was for a period of time and I think somebody 
may have usurped him or come close now. Uh, why did you pay him that much money? Is my question. Why did you Why did you feel the need to overpay for Monty? And for six years, not just like oh, it's a three four year kind of normal deal. Six years, big money, Monty Williams. And I think the answer is because they believe that he's going to help build the foundation. So you know what the hardest part about building anything is is fucking digging the fucking dirt, getting down low enough, leveling that shit, and then building up from there. That's the hard part, right? Getting down, and and I they're down there, right? They're down there. So while you're down there. Test out Wiseman, test out Duran, test out Bagley. Keep keep grabbing these misfit toys that are high draft picks that fall wayward one way or the other. And then when maybe in two years, when Cade hopefully can play a whole season, I mean, his health is a huge question, and hopefully mm-hmm. everything's fixed with him because that guy's a very talented player. So that that's also a question. But but hopefully in two years you have a, a more experienced Cade. You got Jade and Ivy just really starting to get into his groove and you have all this young talent and then you can make a splashy trade to maybe become a t- contender or maybe you make a pick in subsequent years like this coming season and the following that helps you bolster that and you become a formidable talent a homegrown like built here in Detroit right uh type of type of team that 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 city can get around uh it's not going to be pretty i think they might be bottom of the barrel again next year and it may be intentional uh but you don't sign a 6 year deal for a head coach and expect him to turn this shit around <laughs> next year. So, you know, maybe they have uh, high expectations, but I think they're uh, realistically going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA next year. So the question that that you have is a good one. And I think mine is, uh, why did you pay money that much? And I think I, I think I answered it. I think if you can, if you, if I'm Monty, Monty <clears throat> or I like the name you gave him, Big Money Monty. I like that a lot. Um, if you can showcase the full money. The full Monty, <laughs> even better. If you can showcase a Wiseman and a Bagley and turn them into like 15 and 10 guys, which I'm sure they can if they get the minutes on that on the, on the court, some NBA team's going to want them. Like there's a reason why Bagley still gets picked up by NBA teams. Uh, trade bait, everybody can use a big man that rebounds. I think Wiseman, again, has all of the, the potential there. He just needs to be coached properly and given the right situation in minutes. And God knows he's going to get it in Detroit. So. Can the Detroit Pistons not be last? That is the goal. Okay. That's what we want. I'm or maybe for... it is the goal. Maybe, maybe it maybe is it the is. goal for them to be last so that they get the best, you know, chances of the ping pong balls. And that's okay. We need, you know, that's like I said, I'd rather be dead last or second to dead last than 11th or 12th. Much rather, much rather that every year as a fan, even I'd rather that. Uh, so, you know, it could be worse. Could be the 11th seed. Hey, do you think we should? Do you think we should forego our final thoughts since we've run a little long? I my thoughts are empty. I I okay. spilled them all on the table. We asked. I see you sweating 15. too. You're kind of sweating right now. I think it's the yeah. Well, I always sweat. That's not uncommon. <laughs> I don't have air conditioning in my house, similar to you. And uh, uh, yeah, but it, it probably a little shadowy. Might be some sweat here. I had a long day. It's been a long day. We're gonna forego the final thought, even though I had a decent one. We'll save it for the next pod. We're gonna break down. Our 15 questions for the Western Conference teams. God knows we have some. God, oh, get, yeah. get get us started on 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 Dallas. We got to talk about Phoenix again. Obviously, the Clippers. We got a lot to go over. And I want to get into Dwight Howard and what happened uh, in Golden State this past week. Yeah, we have some so, Warriors talk. 
We hope you enjoyed this show. We're going to come back very shortly. 15 questions for the Western Conference. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. You know what it is, you know what it is.